Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Internet Marketing brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com and in today's show Kelvin talks to Greg Sterling and Dylan Fuller about the upcoming 5th Local Social Summit coming up in November. All coming up in Internet Marketing. The Local Social Summit is coming up uh, quite soon. Dylan, can you tell us a bit about kind of how the event came about and, you know, kind of the the thinking behind it to some extent? Yeah, sure. Um, Thanks, Kelvin. Yeah, so Local Social Summit will be um, running its fifth year. Uh, It takes place on the 19th of November, which is a Tuesday in London. Um, And the history of the event actually goes back further than five years. Um, We had an invite-only event called Local Search Summit, um, that was focused around uh, local newspapers and uh, yellow page publishers um, back in the days when a couple of us worked at Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Um, and But we started to see already in 2008 how social media was really disrupting the local media landscape. Um, and so um, we thought we would widen the event and not just to be about um, you know local search, which is fairly, yeah. um, can be a bit esoteric and a bit technical. Um, and, and we also thought we wanted to widen the audience so we had the idea to create a, a a public event, which we did our first time in 2009 in in London, and um, I think you I think you even came along at least to the second one in 2010. Yeah. Um, and so we've 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 tried to expand the event to be you know the premier event based in the UK, looking at that intersection of local and social media, and and as we all know, um, over the last few years, increasingly it's all about what's happening on your mobile devices because that's really enabled so many cool things to start to happen in the local space and i mean i think that was as, as i remember i don't know if this is kind of a false recollection but it's certainly kind of how i recall it that it was at that event was the first time i kind of heard the solo mo kind of um you know um, amalgam of um, social local and mobile kind of used in any real kind of useful context it certainly kind of feels like it was kind of ahead of the game there on that side of things and greg i know you've been kind of heavily involved in the conference over the years and you're kind of keynoting um this time around what's kind of some of the you're talking about kind of some of the key trends and topics. Is that fair to say? And what are some of those big topics that you think are kind of dominating this kind of intersection between local and social? Well, in the last couple of years, I've I've done a, a, a big trends or top trends 
uh, discussion uh, at the event, and 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 it's a way to sort of get a lot of uh, topics in quickly. Uh, and it's it's interesting because certain things have remained consistent over the years, and other things have changed. Obviously, there are there are new developments all the time in the technology sector, but certain persistent issues uh, remain. Um, this this year, uh, I, I'll be talking about things like local commerce. Um, you know, the 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 marriage of the online and the offline service businesses adopting online reservations and pay, mm-hmm. payments and scheduling, that sort of thing. We'll be talking about indoor location in a couple of places in the event, and that's a very exciting and p- p- potentially uh, game-changing development for retailers and for consumers, and also for uh, online measurement, ROI, analytics more generally and broadly. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a big a big trend. One of the things that remains a persistent challenge or issue in the market that will be addressed in a couple of different contexts at the show is the the challenge of digital marketing for small businesses. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the the market seems to be getting much more complicated rather than simpler, especially with mobile devices and all the new services. And the ability of small businesses to figure it all out and keep up remains a a, a very difficult. Uh, uh, thing and and so there'll be there'll be some discussion of that and also Neil Polacek will be doing a session on uh, what is the real addressable market. I mean, we hear about millions and millions of small businesses uh, being out there and available to to uh, purchase these different marketing services, and we're going to be taking a closer look at what 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 is the real market for these services and these mm. these sales channels. Is it is it the full X million? Or is it a much smaller subset of uh, mm. of those businesses? Um, you know, and what what are the services that they really mm. are interested uh, in? And who do you think are going to be kind of the key players in that space? Because I know when I went a few years ago, it looked like Groupon were kind of going to sweep in and kind of because of their strong sales force, because of their ability to kind of you know immediately show return on investment. It looked like they had a really strong place to play there. And I think the the story of Groupon since then has been kind of you know a dramatic one, um, and perhaps you know maybe an excessively overstated fall from grace. But certainly does feel like um, the circumstances there are a bit different. Do you think that there will come this kind of winner takes all? Someone will come in and, and help all this addressable market. Or, or will it actually continue to be this kind of slightly fragmented, complex place where you've got a lot of people trying desperately to get some market share and um, you know, kind of get in a good place before the kind of merger and acquisition um, stuff shakes out? I think that's a, that's a challenging question to, to answer uh, concisely. However, mm. however, on the Groupon uh, aspect of it, I think Groupon did was a kind of a trailblazer in several ways. The execution was flawed and i think and then then the larger market was saturated by too many competitors and there were problems um you know they may be they're sort of evolving into a kind of a a, a travel and and uh, a travel company in some respects and other and then they're doing some things with mobile payments uh for services so so groupon remains uh, an important company but certainly not the mm. the uh, transformative engine of the market that it was uh uh, saw itself as regarding the the fragmentation question um i i don't think the small business market or the local market broadly is a winner take all market on the consumer mm-hmm. side uh there is an aspect of that we do see we do see a lot of concentration in in a handful of small in a handful of large companies facebook mm-hmm. google are the two obvious examples Be- below that top tier there are a lot of companies a lot of mobile app developers and and um, on the on the B two B side, on the enterprise side, there it will continue to be quite competitive, unless 
the the large publishers, Facebook, Google, etc., mm. um, really develop a, a very uh, a more easy to adopt kind of uh, uh, marketing solutions. Google have been at it for the better part of a decade and have not been successful in really uh, getting on-ramping the small businesses directly, and they've had to rely on mm. partners uh, f to sell them. Face Facebook have a, uh, a terrific opportunity. The question is, uh, can they execute against it in a way that will be uh, effective? They have 18 million uh, small business pages or local pages on Facebook. Mm. Can they translate those into advertisers? I mean, that's the, the real mm. question for them. Um, I, I think if I have to answer yes or no, the market will remain fragmented especially mm. the enterprise side for the foreseeable future. Mm. And I suppose, yeah, that's going to be the real tricky challenge for Facebook because it's about prioritization, isn't it, for those guys? That there's 101 things that they, they could do, but kind of strategically they're going to have to make decisions about what are going to be those top priorities. And I suppose the one that's going to, you know, being that they've been through that IPO process, being that kind of share price is such a key one on that. It's like, although ultimately I suppose the local business is a, is a, a good nut to crack and a big one, it's probably the, the, the bigger wins they're going to see is kind of going after those, you know, stealing from ad um, TV budgets, I suppose perhaps rather than taking a you know a few dollars from lots and lots of businesses perhaps yeah i mean i think facebook is very focused on those fmcg brands and still mm. sort of satisfying that at a mass scale i mean just one thing to add to greg's comments in the uk we're definitely seeing um the re-emergence of some interesting old players um helping small businesses and one mm. of those is bt um because mm. they're, they're they're providing you know um you know website hosting um, you know, they're providing the broadband into local businesses. They're mm. trying to provide them with payment solutions. They're trying to provide mm. them with um, marketing services. So in a way, they've sort of started to widen the offering. Mm. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see that trend. And, and to what extent the kind of, you know, you, you both touched upon the kind of the payment, the mobile payment um, functionality there and the kind of the launch of Stripe here in the UK. And the like. do you think that's kind of going to play a key part? And, you know, what what should small business owners know about how that's kind of playing out in the States? Because probably what's playing out in the States there is going to kind of maybe be the a good indication of what's going to happen here in Europe afterwards. Well, I would say yes and no. I mean, it, it, it's interesting because for years people said Asia is the leading indicator of what's happening in the mobile market generally. And and I think that that's no longer true. I mean, I think we're seeing divergence in, in certain markets because of cultural factors, infrastructure, and other things. So it's it's so with with payments in particular, I don't know the answer off the top of my head, but it may be the case uh, that the the uh, near field communications NFC infrastructure is much better established in Europe than it is in the in the United States. So as you know, with uh, we're on the cusp of the release of iOS seven and the new iPhones. And iOS 7 has um, iBeacon, which is a, a, a tied into Bluetooth low energy. And in the U.S., mm. Apple and PayPal and several other companies that are pushing Bluetooth low energy, and of course Nokia have championed it uh, globally with their indoor location alliance, we may see mm. Bluetooth low energy completely displace NFC for mobile payments in the U.S. market, mm. if not globally, whereas NFC may well be established enough in Europe that it, it continues on uh, as as a standard, so that's that remains to be seen in terms of the mm. local angle, the small business angle. Um, I think there's an interesting commerce dimension here, which which I alluded to, and we'll be talking about at the conference. The idea that that um, mobile payments, uh, you know, you have you have payments in the cloud, and a lot of the point mm. of sale systems that are that are being installed, Square and Stripe and others, 
um, you know, will will process payments in the cloud, and it makes it much easier to establish merchant accounts and so on. And I think that this now becomes a a convenience factor. I mean, Dylan and I were talking about Halo and some of the mobile cab apps. You 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 mm. have a you have a a card on file. You have a scheduling a reservation system. Mm. The card is simply debited when the transaction occurs. I think that will increasingly be the case for many small business uh, verticals. Mm. And that's the way payments will penetrate the, the, that that uh, mm. that arena. Um, and and that's interesting because you talked there about Halo and kind of Uber, and I think it's really interesting Uber. So for the people who perhaps might not be quite so familiar for that in Europe, because it's still kind of relatively new here in the UK, it's a kind of a um, I suppose a cab based service. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Where it's kind of a little bit um, more mobile savvy than, than kind of a lot of, of um, kind of, you know, traditional cab businesses would be um but i think what they've raised these you know crazy valuations on you know the future potential of uber and a lot of that is because actually it's going to be more than just this because at the moment it's you you get your mobile phone out and you get your cab coming straight to you and there's kind of this perception that once they've got that kind of infrastructure in place in the major cities that they're going to be doing more than just cabs you you know is there any kind of interesting bits you're foreseeing around those kind of guys like uber and halo that perhaps uh, might be interesting for guys to come across that they might not have heard about um, well, I think those those represent models for other sectors. I mean, I think you know what 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 you see often is a a, a company that establishes a certain kind of new practice or model, and then others mm. emulate or replicate or clone it. And mm. in the in the U.S. Um, uh, and and probably in in Europe very soon, you've got now Yelp into getting into mm. getting into commerce with online reservations. I think payments aren't pro- probably aren't very far behind for them in some respects. Mm. You've got uh, a company uh, called Reach Local here, which is also in the UK, which is a small business marketing sales mm. entity, and they've created a consumer service. Whether it succeeds is another matter. Called Club Local, which is mm. which is modeled ex- 
explicitly on you, Uber. It's a it's a mm -hmm. local services marketplace where you have a, a card and a scheduling uh, capability online, and you mm -hmm. you get a plumber or some other tradesman to come out to your house, perform the perform the job, and it's all mm -hmm. it's all processed and dealt with in the cloud. And that's mm -hmm. that's that's a, a an Uber clone, but in a different vertical. So I think we'll mm -hmm. see much more of that. These new marketplaces mm -hmm. emerge. Where everything is being managed in the cloud, the f fulfillment is offline, and Groupon, in many mm. ways, was the model for that early on. Mm. Um, so this is this is part of this whole sort of local commerce wave mm. that I think I think we see. Um, mm. an another thing I want to mention quickly that's sort of consistent with the trends uh, uh, discussion is is um, is indoor location. We'll be we'll be uh, we'll be talking about that uh, at the event. I, I'm act I've actually planned a an, an entire conference in the U.S on indoor location and the implications mm -hmm. for the broader marketplace but this will be one of the subjects at at, at local social summit and and it's it's a very very interesting development we could go into it at length but but the the ability to see when people show up in stores after an ad exposure or a promotion and tie that back to an online ad campaign is is a parallel to this whole local commerce development mm. and and it it really has some potentially radical implications for analytics for for data usage, for targeting, and uh, in-store customer experiences that are mm -hmm. quite quite profound, and I think we'll see that play out over the next several years. And Europe is a real hotbed of of, of activity, at least as much as as in the U.S. I mean, this is going to be one of the profound developments in the local space uh, very soon that ties into this broader phenomenon of the online mm -hmm. and the offline coming together. Yeah, so this kind of universal analytics that's kind of come from Google Analytics perspective is universal analytics. That's this tracking of kind of offline and online far more seamlessly there. Do you think that, you know, because, I mean, I think it's a huge challenge uh, from my experience of dealing with SMEs that, you know, already they're just kind of getting their head around maybe running a Facebook page. You know, maybe they've started to kind of have a bit of a, a Twitter profile. Do you think that they're really going to have the skills to kind of set up and manage a kind of a, a, a you know, a, a potentially quite complex, analytics solution or do you think this is actually where this is most interesting it's for those chains where they've got you know hundreds thousands tens of thousands of branches across the country and they're able to kind of go okay well did this television advert during this major sporting event move the needle in terms of footfall on the following saturday is it more of that end where this is going to be interesting or do you think there'll be a trickle down effect that'll be useful for perhaps people who are you know they don't have a digital marketing team they might only have the one man band or the the couple of people working on the office in the you know in the store over the course of the week my, my answer would be twofold i think in the near term uh, the second example the the enterprises with multi locations are going to be the chief uh you chief uh, purchasers of these services and will be the ones that have some kind of centralized, sophisticated marketing department to be able to make sense, yeah. sense of it all. The true small business is not, you know, they, they rarely look at analytics, let alone have the mm. capacity to optimize marketing campaigns against them. So they are not going to be able to really benefit from this stuff in the, in the near term. What, what they may be able to do is concentrate efforts on one or two channels with some success um, you know, some of the small agencies that service this market may be able to help help them out in in a generation. Let's call it a decade or fifteen mm. years when a new wave of business owners that have been reared on on all these services as consumers come into come into uh, 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 their their own as as owners and, and entrepreneurs. Mm. Then we'll see a kind of sea change where there is more sophistication and there is more. 
um, there is more utilization of these these tools. The the challenge in that scenario remains time and fragmentation. So even the most conceptually mm. sophisticated person has some challenges around executing, and you know time and budget constraints will still be a, a challenge for the small business market over over time. Even even mm. as people conceptually uh, uh, you know kind of embrace these mm. things. And I suppose ultimately it's good news for the small business owner because, you know, with this tracking, with this kind of functionality comes the greater likelihood of, you know, more of a cost per acquisition or a cost per lead or a cost per sale kind of advertising model emerging, doesn't it? And I suppose what you're then hopefully going to find is that for the small business owner, even if they might not fully understand the means at which that um, kind of tracking takes place or even be able to kind of compare across channels, it will hopefully give them the confidence that potentially the investments they are making, the small budgets that they do have to play with in terms of advertising and marketing is being more effective well i i think the 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 sort of new marketplaces and the sort of uh, uh online to offline commerce um uh, applications and and tools that are becoming available will create more perceived value and transparency for them and there there will be you know they, they'll tend to focus on a couple of channels rather than the broad spectrum mm. of things so i think as a as a sort of directional trend you're right um, and and you know we're, we're seeing more tools that are trying to prove value to the small business owner to 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 take the uh, opacity, if you will, uh, out of the, the 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 impression and click metrics that that have uh, dominated uh, kind of online analytics and and tra- and translate those into actual customers, offline sales, footfalls, things that are really much more transparent and and and, and accessible. Uh, you know, how many people made calls, how many people came through my door, that sort of thing. So I had a comment there. I mean, I think that is actually kind of raises a challenge for the big players like Google and Facebook in this mobile world is a lot of those small businesses, they don't, des- they don't necessarily um, need to buy any or buy very much uh, advertising in a mobile world. What they really need to do is embrace some of these new technologies. So, for example, um, you know, get taxi, halo, that taxi space. If you're, I mean, taxis in London are basically small businesses, owner operated. Um, mm. They they see the results automatically once they're on that service. Um, you also get increasingly small businesses taking advantage of things like um, the whole event space. So they're, you know, not mm. just having a pop-up restaurant, but actually having different events every night at your, um, you know, local restaurant or pub. And you use something mm. like an Eventbrite as your, you know, your tool. Um, they don't necessarily need to run any ads. They're just sort of embrace. It's, it's that sort of online offline piece. So I think that's a challenge mm. on who captures the. Um, the revenue there. I want to. I, I, I want to just echo that. And, and Dylan's made a very important point. I think that's right. We may be. We may be seeing some some transition from selling of media placements, selling of traditional advertising, albeit in a digital context, to the selling mm-hmm. of services, which is very different. Marketing services or yeah. or that sort of thing. And I suppose a, a small business owner will evaluate the 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 you know the the value of that in a slightly different way, isn't it? It's like you can kind of you know get the concept of you know I'm buying my advert in a paper, say for example, and you know there's a intangible you know output of that. Whereas like an Eventbrite, where it's like I they are taking a commission on every person who makes a purchase for Eventbrite. There's kind of a, a zero marginal cost of every additional event that's on there, isn't there? So for them, it doesn't really you know make much you know it's you know for them they want that scale but for the business owners they can kind of get their head around why they're paying it's it's like the credit card payment fee isn't it you know the the eventbrite model it's just an additional couple of percents that go across to eventbrite which is not too dissimilar to the kind of credit card payment model that you know will be very familiar to uh, most small business owners exactly exactly 
and then it's up to the up to the apps. So, so in the sense of Halo, Halo has to do all the marketing, and Eventbrite needs to make sure. I mean, they actually do a bit of marketing and are driving some additional traffic to that small business, mm. even if even though the small business may have the you know the event on their website or do email marketing. Mm. Fantastic. Well, I think that's given us a really good, um, you know, a kind of a, a 15 minute version of kind of what is going to be, uh, it sounds like a very busy, ram-packed day of really, really interesting stuff about um, local and social. We will share all the details of the conference and event um, on our, um, in the show notes along with this podcast. So we'll make sure that you will be able to um, keep a track of all those details. And for those of you who are potentially outside the UK and wouldn't be able to make it along, we'll probably try and do a bit of a sum up piece for the podcast afterwards as well. So thanks very much, guys. Really appreciate that. It's great to get an insight into what is a, a really interesting, dynamic, and complex um, area of digital marketing that I think um, all of us could do more to better understand. All right. Thanks, Calvin. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links, and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments, and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number... If you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. If you're inside the UK, it's o one two seven three two five six one five zero. And you can leave a voice comment or question, and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.